Now this diagram, uh, I don't know how clear this is to read, um, but um, this, this diagram just identify uh, each of these um, development planning documents that I mentioned earlier and how they... Um, I think basically each, law, each authority will have different documents depending on their local priorities to a degree. And so this um, diagram here um, just identifies um, what blend of different documents may, may be provided within an area and, and identifies how design can be identified in, e at e in each of these documents and each of these uh, levels. So um, going down the left-hand side here, the vertical, um, the, strategic, uh, the strategic level, um, as I'm, sorry, the, the national policy guidance level, at the uppermost level, there's the national policy um, uh, planning policy framework, as I mentioned earlier. Um, with other government guidance, the other, the other documents that I mentioned that provide further detail. Um, at the strategic policy, um, coming down, if you like, the spatial scale, there's the regional spatial strategies, sub-regional uh, strategies, um, and in some instances, county design standards, each of which can identify um, design-related policies. And then you're looking at the, and then you come down to the authority, the authority-wide policy and guidance. And here one can embed design in broadest terms to identify, you know, make it clear that design is is of importance to the authority within the core strategy. Uh, as part of the development planning document, the yellow line here, supplemented by local design guides local development standards. Um, coming down a notch, the area-wide policy guidance at an area level, um, a particular neighbourhood or a particular chunk of a town or city, um, the design would tend to be addressed in area action plans, um, but uh, as part of the development planning document, but could also um, be addressed in urban design strategies or area appraisals, for instance, as supplementary planning documents. Then there are site-wide um, uh, visions, visions that can be encapsulated in the site-specific allocations document that I mentioned um, and can be supplemented by design frameworks and master plans. Um, and uh, moving down to the lowest level, site-specific guidance can be um, prepared uh, that put forward, puts forward design codes. For instance, uh, the Westgate area of Rotherham uh, has design guides um, prepared for it, um, backed up by uh, other briefing documents. Um, and then lastly, you know, individual scheme designs um, that will come forward as planning uh, applications um, backed up by design and access statements. Now, sorry, that's, that's all, it's a pretty complicated picture for those that aren't already uh, familiar. But I guess the point is that, uh, that there are a whole range of ways that design can be encapsulated into planning policy. And at each spatial scale, um, there is a case, a very strong case, backed up by planning policy for um, in, 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 uh, in embracing design and applying it um, at each stage of the planning process. 